Hey, what's up, Husker fans? Welcome to episode three of the Husker Big Red podcast with Chris Peterson and Danny Gillette. In this episode, we'll tackle some position battles, take your mailbag questions, and also talk about bowl eligibility. Welcome, Nebraska fans, to episode three of the Husker Big Red podcast. I'm Chris Peterson, and this is Danny Gillette, and we're back for another episode. And uh, now that we actually gave you a little bit of time to submit some mailbag (laughs) questions, we're going to start off with a mailbag segment here. And uh, Danny, who runs the uh, the greatcornholio.org Nebraska blog, a really kick-ass blog, uh, he's got some user questions here, so let's get to it. I do have some easy questions, and I'm excited to actually have some questions to answer. So this first one here is from Tin Cup, and he writes, Do you think Greg Austin was a bad coach, or did we just have a lack of running backs last year that made the offensive line look worse than what it was? And I guess I'll start off and answer, I think Austin was a bad coach. Um, we did have a lack of running backs, but when you look at how poor Nebra- how poorly Nebraska played in pass protection, um, especially last year, I thought there was a significant drop-off. And you can criticize Adrian Martinez all you want. Believe me, I have as well. But he was running for his life as soon as the ball was snapped on a lot of occasions. I think the offensive line regressed um, last year. I was hoping... You know, with some of the younger guys in there that we would see an improvement on the offensive line, assuming there was development taking place. But I don't think Austin was able to develop them properly. And I think that resulted in a difficult year for the position. I don't think he was a very good coach. And that's why I think Donovan Rayola will have his work cut out for him this year. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I don't, I don't want to say, you know, hey, I don't like feel good about saying he was a bad coach, but he just didn't get the most out of his players. I think that that's fair to say. I mean, yeah, you can. Adrian Martinez was partially to blame for some of the sacks, but you know, it's not his fault. All the tackles for loss they gave up either, or you know, they had numerous times where they just couldn't generate any type of running game in the recruiting. You know, there's four star recruits on the offensive line, and so you know. Even looking at like Wisconsin and Iowa, they, they've got a bunch of three-star guys, but there's the development and it just never took place for whatever reason. And I'm really excited to see Donovan Rayola this year. I do think, I really believe wholeheartedly that he's going to improve the offensive line this year. And that's why I'm confident that the running game and the offense is going to be better in 2022. Chris is a little bit more uh, professional and uh, diplomatic than I am. So in case you haven't figured out that dynamic yet, there you go. But I think that's why this works so well. Uh, this next question is from my buddy Husker Donkward, a.k.a. Husker Ted. And he says, do you think Rayola brings back the pipeline, meaning um, in-state recruits, or do you think we see more of the same? And who do you think has to be the most impactful player on the line for us to really succeed? Well, okay, this is a loaded question because I truly believe the entire offensive line has to be successful for us to succeed. But I'm looking at a guy like Turner Cochran or a guy like Teddy Prochazaka to really come in and make an impact. You know, these guys were high-level recruits. 
And, you know, I believe it was Teddy, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris, that got injured during the Michigan game last year? Yeah, I believe it was the Michigan game. He got injured during the Michigan game, so we saw a little bit of what he could do, but we didn't see a full season. And I believe, you know, the reason why we were so excited about getting, you know, high-caliber guys at the time was because of their skills. So I believe, you know, if Teddy can really have a solid year and help stabilize the line and stay healthy, you know, he really showed good flashes, you know, before he got hurt. So I think he's a guy, if I had to pick one, who, you know, will help stabilize the line and help it be successful. And then I think as far as the pipeline question goes, um, you know, I'm not too sure. I'm going to say, you know, incomplete on this question, in my opinion, because we saw, you know, Rayola, um, you know, land some guys. Uh, Hunter Anthony, I believe, was one that he really played a, you know, big factor in, in terms of recruiting. But we also saw a guy like Amir Herring. Uh, he really liked Rayola, but he ended up going to, I believe it was Michigan, right? Yeah, he went to Michigan. He went to Michigan. So I think the jury is still out on Rayola. Um, I think he will be able to bring back the pipeline, but I'm just not sure what it's going to look like. Yeah, it's a good question. And Herring, you know, um, Michigan, I think that was a basically the only school that could have beaten Nebraska there just because he was so close to home. But um, I, I do think that Nebraska, it seems like, is really trying to make in-state recruiting a priority. So I think he's going to bring back a pipeline of kids that, you know, are good enough in Nebraska. But, you know, as we all know, it's not Florida or Texas or California. So Nebraska is going to have to hit those other areas to bring in those offensive linemen. Um, so, you know, it is going to be interesting to see how that works. But uh, I do think, you know, in-state is going to be a priority. And I think it should be because it's, it's important to have you know, players from Nebraska who care about Nebraska, who understand, you know, the big red tradition and what it means to, you know, win at Nebraska. Um, in terms of the offensive line, I think a key player for this season, yeah, I think it's Teddy Prajak. I think, you know, he can be an elite, you know, level left tackle. Clemson was right there, you know, in his recruitment. You know, a lot of big time schools wanted him. I mean, the Husker website has him listed at 6'10 now. Um, so he really, and with all the talented Ed rushers, you know, in the Big Ten, um, you need a guy like that because a good pass rush can ruin a day for the offense really quickly. And, you know, I think Nebraska, I do think the running game is going to be improved, but Casey Thompson's going to throw a lot. So they're going to have to have his blind side protected. And I think just to follow up on uh, can, can Donovan bring back the pipeline? I think he can, but I think the person who's going to be leading the charge in that regard is Mickey. I mean, you know, Mickey is a standout recruiter. They brought him here for that in addition to his coaching. So I think he'll be the, you know, guy. But I think Rayola could definitely, you know, play a huge role as a secondary recruiter. And I'm not saying he wouldn't be a good primary recruiter, but, you know, kids see Mickey Joseph and they think of, you know, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, you know, players that he's been able to develop and, you know, go to the NFL. And another kind of um, caveat to that question is, you know, bringing UCLA and USC into the mix now. I'm curious to see, you know, if any in-state kids will leave to go to California 
and um, kind of, you know, leave the state and want to experience the tradition that USC and UCLA also have to offer. I'm curious to see what dynamic those two additions will play once they get to uh, the Big Ten or what is the Big Ten now. I don't know if it will be the Big Ten by the time they come, but. I, I think they're going to, I think it could be like 24 teams and they'd still call it the Big Ten. That's why they, like, I think they took the number. I think that's why they spell it out T-E-N now because that's just like the logo. It's not, it doesn't reference the number. But yeah, it will be interesting to see. But, you know, Mickey Joseph, yeah, he's got great recruits because he's produced NFL guys. And it seems to me that Nebraska can be a place where that should produce NFL linemen. And if Rayola can do that, I think that's going to amp up recruiting and, you know, it's just going to have kind of a snowball effect. This next question comes from my friend, uh, Nebraska nightmare. And the question is, which position group do you think has improved most this off season? I'm going to say wide receiver. Um, you know, the, Starting off with Joseph coming to the program, that's an upgrade right there because you know that he'll get the most out of the positional room. Um, and then, you know, we added, let's see, Trey Palmer, and then we added another kid from LSU, uh, DeColis Crawford. Is he coming in, Chris, next year, or is he eligible this year? Um, he's coming in this year. I think he's a that's freshman, though. I think they flipped him from LSU. I think he was a signee. But gotcha. yeah, that's what that's what I thought. Yeah. And so I think the wide receiver uh, position will be the most improved. I'd love to see, you know, what Mickey can get from a guy like Omar Manning. We've talked about him on this before. He was um, one of the top junior college wide receiver. I think the top junior college wide receivers uh, when Nebraska recruited him. And so far, he hasn't lived up to his potential. But I think if there's a guy that can get the most out of him, it's Mickey. So I'm excited to see what Mickey can do with Manning and what the wide receiver position can do as a whole. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with wide receiver, just, you know, the the talent that was brought in there. But I'm going to stick. I think I said this earlier. I'm going to stick with quarterback. I think quarterback's going to end up being the biggest upgrade. I just think Casey Thompson is going to, you know, throw the football much better. He's a more accurate passer. And I think that's going to kind of get this offense, you know, where it needs to be, you know, productivity wise. The most important thing a quarterback can do is produce on third down and produce in the red zone. And I think, you know, as well as taking care of the football, and those are three areas where Adrian Martinez really struggled as well as taking sacks. You know, if you look at statistics, just about any time you take a sack on a drive, the percentage that you get points on out of it, you know, it drops a lot. And he took a lot of sacks um, through a lot of incompletions, you know, and put Nebraska in bad situations. So I just think, Getting a quarterback who can manage the game is going to help a lot. And then just the depth, too, of having, you know, two guys that were four-star recruits, you know, top 300 recruits. Um, it just feels like this is more depth going into the season than Scott Frost has ever had, you know, during his tenure at Nebraska. I agree. I mean, there really is no wrong answer. We've improved in so many positional areas on paper that, you know, I'm going to be excited to see which position steps up and really stands out. And then the last question I have, um, at least on my end, comes from Chris Chris Lansford, and he asks, will Logan Smothers or Chubba Purdy be second string? And I think the answer to that is Chubba. 
Um, with the way that Mark Whipple wants to run his offense, kind of the under center, quick throw, quick read, you know, type of offense, I think um, Chuba fits that a little bit better. Um, you know, it's kind of weird to push Smothers down because the last game of the season he started, but I think, you know, there's an urgency to win now and there's an urgency to you know, keep bringing in talent at the quarterback position. Um, I think it's also going to help that Frost, quite honestly, doesn't have a love affair with either of these quarterbacks as much as he did with Adrian Martinez and the fact that Mark Whipple is kind of helping him run the show. So I think it's going to be Chuba and then Smothers and, um, you know, obviously Casey Thompson as a starter. Frost kind of alluded to that again yesterday. Meaning yeah, Scott. Yeah, yeah. He talked about that. He didn't say he was going to be the starter, but he basically said it's Casey's job to lose. You know, they're having like a scrimmage today. And, you know, I, I think at some point here in the next week or so, at least internally, they're going to know who the starter is. I think they know already. Um, but I agree with you. I think it's going to be Purdy as the backup. I just, you know, he's a really good prospect. He's a top 200 prospect. His brother was Brock Purdy, you know, was really productive, won a lot of games at Iowa State. Um, he's more of a dual threat than his brother, but, you know, he's an accurate passer. He played a little bit at Florida State, but I'm really excited about him, you know, not just for having being a quality backup this season, but I think he's starter quality going forward. So I, I think it's going to be Smothers in the third spot. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting if he's going to stick around. And this is where, you know, in this new age of the transfer portal, you have to re-recruit your own roster. So I think Whipple and Frost, if they want to keep, you know, Smothers on the roster, they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to recruit him and sell him on, you know, kind of having a future opportunity because he did play well against Iowa. And if he went to the transfer portal, he could start somewhere else. You know, it's, there's a lot of, you know, places out there that need quarterbacks and uh, a guy who's at least shown some things at Nebraska is going to get a chance somewhere else. Um, so, you know, and they've got Torres back there as the fourth quarterback. So, you know, you don't want to lose that guy, but that's kind of what I'm watching. And I would be surprised if, uh, you know, like they got to spring ball next year and all three of those guys are, are still on the roster. I mean, obviously Thompson, I think he's got two years of eligibility, so we'll have to see what happens after this year. But even just, you know, Purdy and Sm- I, w- I wouldn't expect both Purdy and Smothers to stick on the roster for like two more years. Well, also, you know, we're forgetting, well, not forgetting, but, you know, Heinrich Harburg, Richard Torres. Torres is a guy that Whipple, Mark Whipple, really likes. And, and you know, there is, I won't say depth yet because we're not sure of the talent, but there are bodies in the quarterback room. And, you know, it's going to be interesting not to veer off from the question here, but to see what a guy like Torres how he falls into this equation because he has a very strong arm. Um, you know, accuracy, at least from some of the highlights I watched, was a little bit of a problem for him, but he's someone that I think Mark Whipple can really develop. And, you know, on the subject of Purdy, you know, I think he really solidified his spot as the number two, you know, during the spring game. He, you know, went five for 10 for 63 yards, but. I could definitely see why Mark Whipple recruited him and, you know, why, you know, the coaching staff believes that Purdy would be a good fit on this offense. Yeah. And I mean, uh, the big 10 network was there the other day and they talked about, um, you know, 
Casey Thompson played well, but so did Purdy. So I think, you know, he's, he's kind of standing out and, you know, if, if something, if Thompson got hurt, you know, I think it's pretty clear he would be kind of the front runner to be the guy for the Huskers. Yeah. And you know, I don't think Casey transfers here if he doesn't at least get put into the starter conversation. I mean, this is kind of something that we all knew since he transferred here, given the state of our quarterback room. Um, you know, at the time that Casey transferred, I believe we didn't have anybody except Smothers and, you know, Harburg and, uh, you know, not developed quarterbacks yet with maybe the exception of Smothers. But now, you know, it went Thompson and then Purdy. So it's it's been a big change from when Nebraska last played in November. It has. And I think Thompson, you know, it was – Frost said something on Friday where he said, you know, he just makes he does things that the other quarterbacks don't quite do. And it's just Nebraska needs that better and savvy. They need someone who's ready right away because this team is ready to win now. It really is. And they don't have time for, you know, a developmental quarterback. They've got to win games this season. They do. I mean, Frost's job is on the line. Let's be honest here. And, you know, they they came into this offseason season trying to land impact players and impact pieces and and impact coaches. I mean, you look at this coaching staff and, you know, Mickey Joseph, a very good coach. Mark Whipple, very good coach. And I don't know about you, Chris, but for me, it was very telling that um, Shenander, Eric Shenander, and Sean Becton were the only ones that really stayed on the staff from the you know previous grouping of coaches because I think Becton is a solid coach and I think you know Shenander like I said on Wednesday I wasn't high on him but he's proven me wrong yeah you know I feel good about this coaching staff but you know they have to produce you know we I think everybody feels pretty good about their coaching staff before the season but you know a few losses and that can change quickly so you know I've been optimistic every single year before Scott Frost. I mean, before, you know, the second year, I thought they had a legit chance to win the Big Ten West and they went five and seven. So, you know, I need to see the proof in the pudding, but I do feel really good about, you know, the coaching staff that was hired. I feel good about the fact that Trev Alberts is the AD. I feel like there's alignment between, you know, the administration and the football program. Um, I feel like everybody's on the same page and, you know, that's not – um, that's something that you need. That's an underrated thing. And I feel like Nebraska has that right now. Um, so on that note, talking about this upcoming season, you know, we, another topic we're looking at uh, JD pickle, you know, on three um, anal- analysts that uh, put out a tweet on Friday um, that says Nebraska will be bowl eligible by Halloween. And, you know, if you look at the schedule, it's, you know, you you start off with Northwestern, then North Dakota, Georgia Southern, of course, Oklahoma, Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, and Illinois. So that's the that's the schedule right there. So looking at that, do you think that, you know, Nebraska, one, it can be bowl eligible by Halloween, and two, just to kind of piggyback off of that, Danny, do you believe that Nebraska is going to play in a bowl game um, in the 2022 season? I will say that I do believe Nebraska will play in a bowl game in the 2022 season. I also will say that Halloween seems like an achievable goal because the month of November is absolutely 
ludicrous, absolutely brutal. Can they get there? I think, you know, obviously it all starts with Northwestern. Those are tough games, but I believe we can beat Northwestern, North Dakota, and Georgia Southern. Let's be real here. They should be easy layups. Oklahoma is the one I'm going to be watching because if they beat Oklahoma, I'm going to say the, the, the Halloween goal is certainly achievable. If they lose to Oklahoma, maybe that takes a little bit of wind out of their sails, and then they face Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, and Illinois. And so, I hate to do this, but can I say I don't know? I really don't know in terms of, you know, just looking at the schedule. I think it's all dependent on that Oklahoma game because that Oklahoma win, and Oklahoma win will give you momentum. You know, I don't think they'll lose to Illinois. I'm just kind of going backwards. Um, Purdue should be winnable. Rutgers should be winnable. So yeah, can I say yeah? I'm gonna change my mind and say yeah. I I think that's a I think that's an achievable goal, um, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, um, let's check out the schedule. I I think Nebraska is gonna play in a bowl game this season. That's you know my prediction. I think you know this team definitely can win seven or eight games this year. That's kind of my floor. But yeah, if you look at the schedule, I mean, there's a lot of very winnable games. It's just about Nebraska playing up to their own talent level because you look at every t- every game on the schedule before Halloween, Nebraska has the talent advantage. I mean, there's no question about that. Illinois, Purdue, Rutgers, Indiana, Georgia Southern, North Dakota, Northwestern. These are all teams that Nebraska should be more than they should lose to. Um, you know, Oklahoma's the toss-up game. I think people are underrating the Sooners a little bit just because they do have a new coach. But, you know, Venables... He's been he's won national titles as a defensive coordinator, so I think the offense might not be as good, but I think the defense is going to be better. And uh, you know they're still one of the most talented teams in the country, but it's in Lincoln, and you know that that's going to be the turning point game because if it's not a conference game or anything, but if you win that game, just the confidence that this team is going to have and this program is going to have, you know that's going to just take them to new heights. And remember, you know Casey Thompson, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he did beat Oklahoma last year. So he's not going to be scared, you know, seeing the, oh, it's this Oklahoma. Like he, he's beaten Oklahoma at Texas. He's played in the Red River rivalry. So all those things give me confidence. I'm not going to say that Nebraska is going to beat him. You know, I don't have the confidence of Greg yet, but um, I am starting to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. And I'm not going to say that eight and no is impossible. It's not impossible. And I do think that this program, Scott Frost, better have a bowl game clinched by November. It's going to be like a high-pressure month of football. The only reason I'm so unsure about that uh, bowl game eligible by Halloween thing is because, you know, this team always does something to shoot themselves in the foot, and they always lose a game that they really should win. I mean, to me, Illinois would be that game um, that they should win but may lose. Um, cause if you think about last year, I mean, many of us don't want to think about last year, but the year before I'll say, you know, Adrian Martinez, I believe, was that an overtime game in Champaign? It was an overtime game and Nebraska won. I'm going to look that up right now, but I know they've lost you know, two in a row to Illinois. I'm pretty sure. Did they? Let's see. Hold on. This is called researching on the fly folks, but, um, no, but. Illinois always gives Nebraska trouble, and 
you know, I see, I just see them giving Nebraska trouble again. And you know what it was? It was 2019. Adrian Martinez in uh, Nebraska beat Illinois. One of Martinez's better games of his entire career. He didn't make it easy, but Nebraska was able to come away with the win. And, you know, Illinois has been a tough opponent for Nebraska over these past couple seasons. Yeah, and Bielema is a good coach. You know, um, Chiano has Rutgers. You know, Nebraska had to go to overtime to beat Rutgers two years ago. Um, you know, and so they're going up to – I think they have to go to Piscataway again this year. That's not going to be an easy win. Um, you know, Purdue – has one of the better quarterbacks in Aiden O'Connell in the Big Ten, um, and they're kind of on the rise. So it's not like the schedule's easy by any means. You have to play good football. You can't lose the turnover battle every week. You can't make a bunch of special teams mistakes. You know, all the stuff that Nebraska has continually done, you know, during the frost era, penalties. I mean, just and untimely penalties, stupid penalties, you know, giving the ball away to your opponent. You just can't do that and win these types of games. You can probably do that and beat Georgia Southern, although they're not that easy of a team either, if you know anything about FCS football. But uh, you, you can't make those mistakes and win the Big Ten, and that's why Nebraska was 1-8 and eight last year. But if they can rectify those mistakes, they could easily flip that record to 5-4 and four or 6-3, and three, maybe better. Did Nebraska play Georgia Southern in the opener in 2019? Or am I thinking of another program? I, I don't... I Remember, I think it might have been those Georgia Southern. Hold on, could be. But I will say, going back to that Illinois game in 2019, Nebraska won 42 to 38. Adrian Martinez, I remember this very well, uh, went 22 of 34 on the day, throwing for 328 yards and three touchdowns, and he also rushed for 118 yards. So. That, I think, was one of the better games of his entire career. And I remember watching that game, and it took forever because the both defenses were terrible, and the clock stops after every first down. So I was up to, like, 1 a.m. writing and watching that game. Yeah, that Jayden, one, of the, yeah. one of the few great uh, Adrian Martinez-era's games that <laughs> J.D. Spielman had seven catches for 160 yards in that game. Wow. We're turning back the clock there. And, yeah, uh, J.D. Spielman. He was legit. He was legit, although he never – he hasn't done anything after Nebraska. And I don't know. That's another topic for another day. But, yeah, I think for me, Illinois is kind of the trap game. Um, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Maybe there will be no more trap games. Maybe this is the year that – it will all turn around, and I know we've said this every year for God knows how long, but, you know, optimism, folks, optimism. Someday it's going to be true, and like I said, you know, Greg is always out, you know, our follower, one of our followers, Greg on Twitter, you know, he's predicting the 15-0, and 0. what could be, like, if Nebraska beats Oklahoma, like I said, he's going to be the smartest looking guy in Nebraska Twitter, like by Halloween, if they're sitting there at eight, no, because everybody was like, thought he was crazy. And there they are. It's not, I give it like a 2% chance, but, but it's like the I mean, whole, you, know, you know, yeah, it's like the dumb and dumber. You're so you're telling me there's a chance. There's a small chance. It could happen. <laughs> and if we keep repeating this every single year, it can happen one of these years. So yeah, you never know. 
So um, just our last uh, transition to our last kind of topic of the day, you know, since we are in fall camp, we're going there. Uh, the Huskers are having their first scrimmage here. We're uh, three weeks away now, 21 days away from the Northwestern game in Dublin. So now that we've got a couple weeks in, um, we're just going to talk about position battles. And um, I'll ask the question and throw it over to you here, Danny. But what's uh, what's the one position battle that you're watching, you know, right now in fall camp? Ooh, that's a tough one because I'm curious to see what the running back position will bring to the table. But uh, for me, I think probably the most important position, um, linebacker. You know, can Luke Reimer, Nick Heinrich, you know, Garrett Nelson, although I know he can play a little bit more of an of end, can they step up and be that next wave of talent after, you know, guys – like JoJo and a lot of the veterans from last year, can they step up and, you know, be those impact players and fill the void defensively? I mean, we talk a lot about the offense, but the defense, I think, has a lot of talent too. It's just going to be a matter of them stepping up. And one player who I'm curious to see that's not on linebacker but has gotten a lot of buzz is, is Tommy Hill. Uh, you know, the coaching staff has talked about him being an NFL prospect, you know, when he gets there. And I've seen a couple highlights of him on Twitter of him just absolutely, you know, destroying guys, tackling them and bringing that energy. So I'm curious to see, you know, he was a highly rated recruit. Nebraska recruited him at the time and they lost to Arizona State. I remember being very disappointed about that. Um, but Tommy Hill and the linebackers are my two, you know, positions or players and positions that I'm watching. Yeah, Tommy Hill was a great pickup, and the secondary is one position that I've kind of been watching. But, you know, one thing about it is I think the the Huskers are outside a corner. I think at safety they're going to play a lot of guys. I think at corner they're going to play a few more guys this year, so I'm not – I'm really interested to see how that plays out, but the position battle I'm really focused on is running back. I really am kind of interested to see Anthony Grant, Ramir Johnson, um, you know, if Yan can get in there, uh, Gabe Irvin, um, the freshman. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys who could potentially carry the ball for Nebraska this season, and so I'm really interested to see how that plays out. It seems like Anthony Grant is kind of trending you know, towards the top of that competition. And uh, that's what I, I hope he's kind of the starter with Johnson right there is, you know, 1A, 1B. I think that tandem, you know, could be really dangerous for the Huskers this season. I'm curious to see how they use Grant at running back because he's been talked about as the um, leading kick returner. He's the leading candidate to be on kick return. And so will he start, you know, the first series after returning the kicks? Will they put him in certain situations? You know, they have the ability to mix and match at uh, running back now, and I think that's going to be interesting to see, you know, which running backs they use in which situations because it would be difficult to not put as many running backs on the field as possible given the talent level at the position. Yeah, it's definitely been an upgrade, and that's, uh, you know, we're hoping – 
at the all these different positions where we've seen you know talent upgrades through the portal or through some freshmen or just through you know through sheer you know development you know we've seen some of that at tight end too you know hopefully you know the the Huskers are going to live up to their talent level this season and uh, with that we will uh, be wrapping up here episode three we're trying to keep it about you know thirty minutes or so Husker fans so we're going to be creating some more podcasts check out you know our YouTube channel the Husker Big Red YouTube channel um, we're going to have some visitors there uh, before we go remember to check out uh, huskerbigred.com you know we've been launched for about a week or so you know we've got daily articles there on the um you know on the huskers you know covering all sorts of topics mostly football now but we're going to be delving into lots of other things and um so follow us and i will uh, give danny a chance to uh, kind of you know talk about his content right now right now it's a lot of football training camp stuff um but we're going to be shifting into season stuff with the season three weeks away you can uh find my work at greatcornholio.org and follow me at cornholio neb short for nebraska because i ran out of letters um and you can always dm me questions you have or you know ask questions both of our dms are always open we love to interact with you guys we appreciate all the support and I can't wait to do more of these. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, hit, hit me up at HuskerBR on Twitter. Um, anybody that I've said, anybody that has the, a Husker, a BR, or, or a, a GBR, Go Big Red in their Twitter handle or the corn thing, you'll get a follow from me. So if I'm not following you, hit me up so we can interact with you. Um, you know, if you like this podcast, you know, give us a rating um, in the Apple and the App Store um, where you find your Apple podcast, you know, find us on Spotify and uh, keep following us and uh, hitting us up for Nebraska content. So um, as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red. All right. We'll see you guys on the flip.